Hello and welcome to Movie Autopsy. I'm Paul Culliver. I'm Anthony McCormack. And today's film, it's an apology of sorts for After Earth. I'm sorry I know what I did. I'm trying to make amends. I'll never do it again. I've got all the determination in the world. I've got I've got my wits about me. Perception is clear. I've got to give you 110%. Focus. <laughs> Focus is the film we're doing today. Will Smith, Margot Robbie, uh, other people. Paul, <laughs> I, oh, I, I believe it's pronounced Margot. Actually. Oh, yeah, I, I looked it up. I, probably, I believe it's pronounced Ma Game of Thrones Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> You like that? Yeah, I do. Uh, who directed this? So, um, uh, Glenn it's, it's Ficarra. M- it's more than one person, isn't it? Yeah, it's Glenn Ficarra Glenn and Ficarra. John Requa. John Requa. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I I do not take me seriously on the pronunciation of names. Or John Requa. Requa. No, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, so, they wrote it. They both wrote it and they both directed it. And, yeah, this is very much, I think Will Smith, by his own admission, was like, I went a bit astray, guys. I got a bit... <laughs> that sounded almost like you were going for a Will Smith impression. Oh, no, I wasn't. And I, then I, mid-sentence thought, I'm bailing, I'm sw- getting out of here. I swear to God I wasn't. Yeah, okay, that's... Yeah. <laughs> what would that sound like? Have, have you... <laughs> what would it sound like? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll show you what it sounds... <laughs> um, uh, After Earth, did you actually go and see After No, Earth? I haven't seen After Earth. Because I, I went with a girlfriend, and, and as regular listeners will know, she is not afraid to speak her mind if she doesn't like a thing. Right. And we were both going along to After Earth, and, and, and she, you know, she's thinking to herself, this is going to be so terrible. I'm gonna, uh, it's going to be great for me, because she's a columnist. I'm going to get a column out of it, because of how terrible it's right. going to be. And we both walked out of the cinema, and I have to admit, it was it was a terrible movie, but it wasn't as terrible. Mm. the The Shyamalan twist, if you will, was that it was less terrible than. I mean, it's still pretty right. terrible. You right. have to. I like now that I'm doing this podcast. I feel like I would watch it. Yeah. Previous to that, it just to me was two hours that probably was a waste of time. There, there were so many leaps in logic. Like the the basic premise, if you haven't seen After Earth. <laughs> The basic premise is that it's set in a future time where man has gone out and colonised the stars, but the Earth itself has become a place that has it's evolved, right? It's it's evolved to to kill men. Doesn't like men and women as well. You know, it's an equal opportunity predator planet. You said basic premise. Um, <laughs> anytime well, now, <laughs> anytime now, Anthony. Well, this focus, is, focus, Anthony. Will Smith and his son uh, Jaden Smith both get stranded on Earth, and everything right. is out to kill them. But by everything, like it's like two or three things. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like okay. it's very. Oh, you know, piss weak, if you want to use that right. term. Okay. But there's a beautiful scene in it, and and you just watch it for this scene, and then you throw the movie away <laughs> in the trash. <laughs> rent it from one of those kiosks, and don't even bother returning it. The kiosk <laughs> doesn't want it back. But uh, the scene is, it's it's something to do, and I'm I'm remembering it terribly, because I saw it such a while ago. But it's a big bird. And and Jaden Smith does something for the bird. I can't remember what it is. I think he protects the bird's eggs from being predatorized or whatever. 
And then later on, the bird sees that Jaden Smith is in trouble and, and lands on top of him and keeps him warm. Oh. And the bird gives up its life, basically, for Jaden Smith. And it's it's beautiful. It's, I'm getting a bit teary just thinking about it. It is beautiful. And and what's terrible is that it's a, a shitty movie that's making you feel that emotion. You right. Know? So all of that. Yeah. <laughs> the first five minutes of this podcast. Yeah. Yep. In relation to focus. So we are going to be talking about focus. Uh, and oh. and I because I, it is a con game. It is a con. Con people are involved. So yeah, there's hustling. If you want to be spoiler free, if you don't want to. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're going to talk about the film. Mm-hmm. But like the best way for there to be no spoilers is if you've seen the movie. Yeah. Which, in this case, should people go see Focus? I think it's, uh, I liked it. I did, too. I did like it. I did. I, I've i been seeing, and, and there's a little R at the start of movies, and it's Rat Pack. Do you know much about Rat Pack? It's Brett Ratner, and I think, is it our own James Packer? And I say our own. What um, is, you know. Okay, we're not talking about the classic Rat Pack. From back in the day. No, no, no. This is a production company. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, I've been seeing Brett Ratner's name everywhere. It seems like every movie that comes out of Hollywood is produced somehow by Brett Ratner. So you're saying you uh, you just seeing the name Brett Ratner everywhere? It's yeah. just it's in the chandelier. There's people wearing T-shirts that say <laughs> Brett Ratner. I, I, and then, and then, I, I looked through the binoculars under the football field. <laughs> There's Brett Ratner sitting right out there on the field. That's how you lost $2 million. I, have, <laughs> I don't know if it's because we both walked out of the cinema money hungry. Like, you know, we, we, like, oh, to, yeah. we like to keep each other fresh. We don't want to, you know, spoil what we think about the movie and yeah, all yeah. this and that. But we couldn't hold on to this, you know, you started and I started. I was just like, oh, I could go some money yeah. right now. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. This is just a movie that makes you just want money to happen to you. Just serve me up some sweet cash. But not even, because it, it wasn't, it's not the, the money, it's just the, the lifestyle. Oh, oh. yeah. As well, want- as well as, and there's that scene where Will Smith is betting big and he's betting so ridiculously big. And for a, for a brief moment it it seems like and it's early enough in the movie that mm. this is gonna oh this is gonna be the plot of the movie right yes i had exactly the same thing because i went into this movie pretty damn cold i didn't actually yeah. realize that it was a con movie until i saw the promotional the actual posters for it yep. i went oh there's a, something about the con is on or whatever yep, yep. um never trust a thief who's a con who yeah. is will smith whatever the cons are is. no good and you shouldn't <laughs> trust them cons, <laughs> are, a- cons are off <laughs> what a- <laughs> the, con- the con is off wear some cons to this movie <laughs> <laughs> and, and you'll enjoy it. Has anyone got a remote for the aircon? That's <laughs> that was the tagline for the movie. The, <laughs> the teenager in Heartbreak High who had a mobile phone in the school classroom's name was Con. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I read that and I thought, what has that got to do with the Will Smith Margot Robbie movie? I don't even yeah, know. I haven't. My diet is a little bit imbalanced. I've got to go visit Con the Fruit. <laughs> All of these wonderful taglines. Amazing taglines. Marketing yeah. team did a wonderful job. Can I Can I just mention, so we went to like a preview screening, mm-hmm. and very often these preview screenings, we don't often talk about it, but they'll have like the big kind of poster set up that's like several, like maybe three or four meters wide, and you take a photo and there's a promotional person. They've hired some kind of promotional person yeah. to be dressed up, say, 
Uh, with Hunger Games, it was like like guns, like they were part of the resistance. Or yeah, like, Interstellar, like, it's as an astronaut. An astronaut. Yeah. Uh, this one, <laughs> we often we partake. Often we're like, oh, this is a bit of fun. We'll we'll do a photo. I, I have to admit, you have brought the spirit out in me because I used to be a real cynic about that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And they'd say, you know, the the people who are there, the promo people. Oh, do you want to get your photo taken with the astronaut? And I used to be the kind of guy that says, no, not for me, thank you. But you, you make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump in. Let's do this photo. If there's ever a biopic about us, <laughs> yeah. it'll be, it'll be, this isn't true, but it'll be like, like they were from different sides of town, which is not true. We live very yeah. close to each other. <laughs> they had different ideas about movies. It'll like be us arguing. But then it'll be about like how I guess, sorry I'm I'm couching you as like the old grumpy. No, Dutch no, yeah, I imagine like a Walter Matthau kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's a yeah. little bit like Saint Vincent was the probably the most recent example. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're the guy from Up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know that that character is based on. You know the character in Up is is meant to be like a portmanteau, a composite of Spencer Tracy. And Walter Matthau. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's like the inspiration for that character. Well, now I know. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to be the, the lovable, you know, little scamp. Sorry, that's just... Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, this promotional thing. So, I say, <laughs> I turn up a bit earlier than you, and I see what's going on, and I blaze straight past. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's just... They've literally just hired... And I'm sure, like... I Very, very attractive woman. Yep. Dressed in a bikini, <laughs> in a in a cinema, yep. And like you see the film, obviously we've everyone's listening now has seen the film, and it's that bikini with those black straps that you see halfway through the film. Yeah. And I'm like, at what point? At what point do the marketing team go? That is the point. <laughs> that is the part of the film that we're going to extract and create a real life promotional person. Around. Like I wanted to just. Like go up to her and be like, "I'm so sorry," <laughs> but I don't know if that would have just made her feel more shitty about the job that she had to do. Yeah, and I was like, "Seriously, that's anyway." I just I felt like that was m- worth mentioning. Yeah, it's it does seem like because it is a good movie. Yeah, and, and but then if you were to sit down and say, "What do you use to publicize the movie?" Like I, I I'm not sure I could do better than that bikini. <laughs> I think they should have forced themselves to do better. Um, unless, you know, it's just money. Like, you go to the board to get your photo taken. They should have made it and, rain money. And it's just raining money. Like like a big tube that they have in game shows and they blow the money oh up. You know God. what I mean? See, we, in one yeah. minute of talking about this, <laughs> we've come up with a better promotional, like, photo shoot no, well, that's, for Focus. That's all right. That's yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens the next con movie that comes out. We'll see if we'll they've taken that yeah, idea yeah, on board. Yeah. So anyway, so we're talking about that moment where he's betting big, and I felt exactly the same because it, it was basically Act One. Yeah, we kind of well, we had Act One, which was the, all the New Orleans stuff going down. Yeah, and then as you say, it was like it was like maybe this is going to be you know, and and there are those kinds of movies where you lose a significant amount of money. And the rest of the two hours is how you're going to get that yeah. money back. Oh, man, that was exactly what I thought. Because I, I didn't know what the film was. I don't know if I'd seen a trailer. Mm. Um, or maybe I, I think, actually, no, I think I'd seen a trailer. So I guess the trailer didn't didn't reveal much about what the movie was. 
I I knew this is how much I knew. I yeah. knew that Will Smith was the seasoned con pro, and and Margot Robbie was uh uh the the newcomer. Yeah, and and Will was taking her under his wing. But um, <clears throat> what what I was wondering was like, what kind of tone is it going to be? Is it going to be a out and out, ha ha, funny kind yeah. of, or is it going to be? A little bit fish called Wanda, where like he's double crossing her, she's double crossing him. Yeah, yeah. Well, because that's the thing is that they, it felt like uh, I mean they did a great job with the direction on this. It mm. looks really great. Um, but it's interesting because you've got that template from like Oscar, uh, not Oscars, um, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, yeah, Thirteen, yep, yep. and then if people are familiar with the British TV series Hustle. Oh yeah, and that's very much about the slick, like uh, the you know the the it's the rundown of this is how the hustle works, and you see it all laid out before you, and then they actually do it, and it goes wrong, and then it's. But what frustrated me? I've watched a lot of hustle, like I binged a lot of that, but it became so formulaic, and it's the same with Ocean's Eleven, where everything goes wrong. And then it turns out that was the plan all yeah. along. There's another show that does a similar kind of thing, which it's called uh, Leverage ah. with uh, Timothy Hutton. And they are all con men that get together. I don't, I don't know if you would compare it to a hustle, but they're con men who get together and decide to take on, you know, it's like a, the Vengeance Unlimited storyline. They're going to do right. Ah, okay. You know, with people who are doing wrong, they're going to con them. And Robin and, Hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can I just say the name Leverage for a TV show? Clearly all the good Conman TV show names were taken. Yeah, well, they, they even have an opening with Timothy Hutton. And <laughs> Timothy Hutton's brilliant. But he... <laughs> he, he he's it, really glad you mentioned that. <laughs> it's like he's trying to justify the name of the show. So he's like, we provide leverage. <laughs> oh, man. Like, oh, man. I like the show so much that I don't even care that you've called it yeah. leverage. So there are certain tropes... And kind of story where we talked about we talked talked about this a while ago when we talked about the Terminator um, trailer and and we talked a lot about time travel movies and it's a it's a feature of if you're gonna have time travel you've kind of got to do some kind of time loopy mind nonsense paradox business yeah yep it's almost the same I feel like it's a very similar thing to me for hustle movies for con man movies where you've got to have a double cross and then it's like a zoom out and reveal. Yeah. And someone else was doing something else. And it's just a question of how many layers you do. Yeah. And so I guess that's always the question of... I actually... At what point... Did you figure out any of the... I No, I did not. Because what I was thinking... I didn't. Until... I You know what? When he got shot? Yep. I figured it out before the reveal. That, oh, he's... You know what? I thought it was a fake... You know what? I yeah. thought it was fake, and then I, I recalled that, oh, wait, wait, no, they set this up earlier. The the second the the shot erupts from his chest, firstly, I was thinking, oh, that's a fake yeah. bullet wound. Yeah, like, because they, they did say, it, it's like a Khan from Star Trek kind of chest that Will Smith is sporting at that right. point. And I'm like, oh, hello, Mr. Fake Khan chest kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but it, it, you know, it's real. But the second that bullet shot erupts, I'm thinking to myself, Gerald McRaney, mm. the, the, you know, the father, obviously he's on their team. Yeah. Like, like it, it happened click, like a light bulb oh, in okay. my head. I'm like, come on. It has to be. 
That's interesting. Can I now? I don't know much about Jared McCraney except as Raymond Tusk from House of Cards, right. which, if House of Cards fans uh, will know exactly who that is, um, and it's interesting because I'm not sure what what he's known to for other people, uh, but to me, it, most recently, probably his most uh, significant role is in House of Cards, where he absolutely plays like a bad guy, like another bad guy against uh, Frank Underwood's bad guy. And so he's very much like a typecast, and obviously the character in the actual movie is set up as a, a bit of a bad guy, kind of businessman. He's a very similar character he's playing to the Raymond Tusk in terms of personality. He's like, you know, I'm all business, this is what I'm trying to achieve. And so it's they clearly play on that thing of, uh, I feel like there's an element of that, of casting him, given the role of Raymond Tusk in House of Cards. But I didn't, I didn't quite realise, yeah, I didn't realise that I'd been led down a path there that he was going to be... Because, you know, okay, now you need to explain this to me if you figured it out. Because I still don't understand then that scene where he walks around the hotel room. Right. I don't get that in the context of he was actually a good guy along, all along. Were, were they playing her? Were they playing well, Margot Robbie? Well, that makes sense from the other point of view, which was I'm thinking, why does he have any reason to be suspicious of his hotel room? Yeah, that was a bit weird. But with hindsight 2020, he obviously knows that Margot Robbie is in the hotel room. Right. But uh, but yeah, yeah, they it is a kind of a thing that might not hold up on the second viewing. You might be saying, especially if they think that they're alone and having a conversation. But it's yeah. obvious that both men don't think that they're alone. Is it just because that character just didn't trust Will Smith? He didn't trust Nikki anyway, even though he's the father figure. He was just worried that Will Smith was going to double cross him. I'm okay, so let's unpack this. Can we unpack exactly what did happen so that we can understand the rest of the film? Yep. So, his father, what's the what was the character's name? I forget it now. Gerald uh, McGrain. <laughs> Playing I'm, as I'm pretty sure Owens, Owens. I'm pretty sure, and I I might be remembering it wrong because I I always get Gerald McGraney mixed up with that Howard guy who was uh, Billy Connolly did a sitcom. What was it called? Head of the class or something like that, where he te- he teaches you. he teaches a class. Oh. But before it was Billy Connolly, it was a guy named Howard uh, Howard. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I get yeah. Jared, Jared McGraney con- confused with some guy named Howard who I don't know. <laughs> well, this was Jared McGraney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I have in my head, and I haven't, I, I know it's terrible to say, I have to catch up on House of Cards. That's, that's fine. But Ger- I, Gerald, Gerald, thank you for saying that. I um, <laughs> that's the reason I'm going to catch up now. Everybody's <laughs> Kevin Spacey this, Kevin Spacey that. No, for me, it's, it's Gerald McGraney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got in my head he must have done sitcom stuff in the past where he's played like the ha ha kind of old old father figure, or or perhaps a teacher, like a Billy Connolly esque head of a class teacher. I don't think that was him. I don't think he was in that show. I do not know. I can't find anything. But, so let's unpack this. So, okay. Will Smith, um, they the father goes and starts working for Mr. Race Driver Man. 
Um, so this? that's is that um, Mr. Kylie Minogue? That's that's all I know him from. Rodrigo Santora Gariga Sant- Gariga Gariga. So he goes and works for him, sets up the trust, steals the EXR or whatever it's called, the the MacGuffin, <laughs> the the, <laughs> the MacGuffin XR. So so with the benefit of hindsight, we can say that he's gotten access to the the MacGuffin mm. through. Gerard McGraney. Yes, yes. Yes. So we know that much. And then he then clearly suggests to Gariga to hire Mr. Nicky, Mr. Will Smith. And then <clears throat> Will Smith, <laughs> help me out here. Howard Hesseman. Oh, Howard my God. Hesseman. Oh, is didn't the that name. pay off? Didn't that just pay <laughs> off, didn't it? Well, we're one step closer to finding out who Gerard <laughs> McGraney reminds me of. Uh,. So Will, so Will Smith. What I don't understand is the grandfather thing. Did the grandfather die because the father shot him? The, yeah, fa- I... the father seems to be in the habit of shooting <laughs> his family members. <laughs> what was the name of that move called? The t- tung- t- Tunguska. <laughs> I don't. It, know. it was a word starting with T, and it was like a, a alarm or or panic button. Pa- Toledo panic button. Hey. You nice see, th- there you go. Um, you got there. I pulled it out. Thank you. I would. I had, did not have that in my brain. Um. So and they. I so like. I after analyzing movies as much as I should, I should realize by now. You set something like that up at the start. It's gonna pay off at the end. Like, why did I? I didn't even think. Like, of course. Oh, the most dangerous move in <laughs> hustles ever. I'm just gonna mention that at the start of the movie. That's. I ha- guess that won't come into play at all. That's how I knew that the gunshot at the end was real. Yeah. Because at first I'm like, that's fake, you know, Khan, fake chest, whatever. Right. And then my second thought was, oh, he's pressed the panic yeah, button. Yeah. I, I put that together yeah. while he was still lying down before the reveal. I, yeah. I, I don't want to say. <laughs> you know when these you see these movies with the reveals, you kind of want to claim like, oh, I figured out beforehand. But what to the movie's credit, yeah. like I think we both figured out the reveal just a second before the reveal yeah, happened. Me too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was expecting it to to play it much longer. But mm. Gerard McCraney straight away said, so, you know, it turns to Margot and basically says, "What you knew I was in on it, right?" <laughs> <laughs> like it, it played it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Trying to figure out the moment before he gets shot, Will's like, "I'm going to tell you the truth." Yeah, yeah. And then Jared McRadio. (laughs) (laughs) What's his name? (laughs) I can't remember now if it's Gerard or Gerald. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. You don't know shit about who this guy is. I do know that Howard Hesseman was in This Is Spinal (laughs) Tap, and that's incredible to me. Oh man. So Rob Ryder, um, (laughs) when he got shot in (laughs) in Focus. <laughs> oh man! So uh, I was trying to figure out because it seemed like uh, G- Gerald was was he suggested? Oh, you've got to keep the lie going till the end. Yeah, Gerald. Yeah, and that's kind of why I shot you. But also maybe that was part of the play anyway. I guess it's kind of irrelevant. Um, so Margot Robbie was just after the watch. Like yeah. that is literally that is literally true. That she just wanted the watch. They went in and then. It changed when he saw that Margot was there. Mm-hmm. But how did it exactly change? What I enjoy listening to is you <laughs> detailing everything about the movie that you're trying to make sense of. Yeah. And I feel that we could keep that going. 
Yeah, but but I I you're trying. You're not helping me much. I know, I know. It's terrible. This I'm, works better when you chip in. I'm too busy. I I have. <laughs> You've to, been googling uh, Howard Essman <laughs> for the last twenty minutes, and I'm flandering here trying to make sense of this. I'm sorry, movie. but but I do have some good news. I, yeah. My Google search was not in vain. Gerald McRae. <laughs> Gerald McRaney, and I think I was getting him confused as well with Dabney oh, Coleman, God. but that's a whole other story. He was Major Dad. <laughs> he was he starred in a sitcom called Major Dad, and he was a, a head of the not the head of the class, but the head of a family, and he was a military. This means nothing major. to me. <laughs> I, I, for the one or two people out there who who heard yeah. me. Floundering before about Gerald. Gerald was a head of something, Look. head of a, <laughs> and they're like, "Come on, Anthony, you can do it!" Like the never-ending story, can you know, I, just a little bit further. You're almost there. Can I level with you, Anthony? Please do. Sometimes on this podcast, you know a lot more than me. You know, you <laughs> yeah. have the names, you know the actors' names, you know what they've been in. Yeah. You know, and for that, I'm very grateful. You add a level of gravitas and knowledge. That I cannot offer. You have an encyclopedia of knowledge in there. But with my lack of knowledge (laughs) comes a certain amount of trust that I have to hand over to you. Yes. That when you talk about these people, anyone would care. Yes. No, that's that's And until now, I think you've I've been I've been very happy with the results. Okay, okay. So (laughs) we don't even need to go further on that. There there was a guy in this movie. And he, he was like, he was, he was a bigger man. He was like a, he reminded me of a bit of a Dr. Gonzo Benicio del Toro, mm. but he, he was a, a, a plump, did they say Samoan at some point? Which one are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking about the guy who. Oh, number 55. Number, number 55. That's exactly right. That's Farhad. the best way. Farhad? to Farhad. Mm. That's the best way to describe him. And this is what I feel Margot Robbie brings to a movie. This is, I think she was fantastic. Can I just movie. clarify? Because people obviously didn't hear that. The <laughs> <laughs> You to tell me what character you were talking about. <laughs> we almost let that go. <laughs> You did, like, the tongue-licking motion at me, and I didn't bat an eyelid. I was like, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. That's true. That's and I, I don't know if, I, <laughs> if you rewind, you might be able to hear just the subtle, subtle lapping of a tongue at <laughs> no, a microphone. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> oh, boy. Can I, Any, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he, there were a lot of very crude jokes coming out of that man's mouth. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to a point where, like, you... you you kind of there's a line of that's charmingly funny, and then over the line is I feel harassed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is what Margot Robbie brings to the movie is that he is doing the and he's doing the tongue flicking thing. Yeah, and you you cut to Margot Robbie reacting, and she's react she's like the biggest laugh in the world, <laughs> beaming sunshine out of her face. And it, you almost feel like it's okay to laugh at these <laughs> revolting jokes that this man is making. It, it's almost like if you took Margot Robbie out of that scene and just watched all the same jokes that that guy was making, they would be far less funny. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But I think it was, it was the idea that uh, it's context. I think anything 
I think because they had a shared relationship, a shared history, as he talked about. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm. I, are you wanting to condemn those jokes, or are you? Oh no! Well, this is it, it's great character, and it's great that Margot d- mm. is capable of doing. I don't even know how she did it. We well, need what, a- laugh at those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that. But uh, I, do we just need a big poster with it? It's Margot with shopping bags on her arm. And just the words, I don't know how she does it, because <laughs> essentially the the challenge that you have with a con movie is that you you your main characters you need to either like them or be along for the ride. And when this movie starts off, and and this is the big test for a con movie, because mm. these are people who are stealing money. They're you know they're. Identity theft is actually yeah. mentioned at some point, which is terrible things. We don't like these people. Mm. If if I were to get my wallet stolen in real life, I don't think I'd be having much fun. No. I In fact, I'd probably even report that person to the police if yeah. I knew who it was. Will Smith just stole my wallet. Yeah. I'm not happy about that. Margot Robbie... Stop Stop stealing all my things. Stop it, Margot. Margot. Hand out of the till, please. Robbie's at it again. <laughs> Whereas what I think this movie did very well is that it, it does all of that stuff at the start, right? And And then later on in the movie, it's Will Smith talking about how at the start of the movie he was a real dick. Hmm. But it, it, he's talking about I was a real dick in a different kind of way. Like he's talking, I basically jilted you, Marco. Uh, I'm so sorry I left you in the lurch. But it's also there is that feeling of you know when he's talking about I've changed, I'm a different man now. Like you can almost forgive you know that he's a jerk in terms of he's stealing people's money. <laughs> And conning people out of, you know what I mean? There's a certain amount of charm in a con man. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's, that, yeah. That, um, and, and that's where, like, TV shows like a hustle. Mm. Now, they, they do the Robin Hood thing, don't they? They do. No. No? Oh, they, there's a certain honour amongst thieves. So if there's sort of, like, there are episodes where maybe one of their mates has gotten, been wronged. And yeah. so it'll be like, oh, this con is for him. Yeah. But otherwise, they're just profiting. And something like The Sting... You know where it was like that was a fantastic movie, and if you haven't seen that, you got to go. Have you seen that, Paul? I can't, I'm sure I have, but probably when I was very young. That's it's fantastic if you have seen it when you were young, because you forget all the twists. Because there are I'm, more twists than you remember. Yeah, um, I know how to play the entertainer on piano. Well, that's the best twist of all. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's okay at best. So uh, I'll go back and watch uh, The Sting. And Major Dad. Put that on the list as <laughs> well. I? <laughs> I'm going sure. to binge watch the entire filmography of Howard, was it? Hessman. Howard Hesseman. Hesseman. Yeah. There's right. an E in there. I don't know if it's Hesse or Hessman. Gerald. McRaney. McRaney. Hesseman. Dabney Coleman. Mathau. <laughs> I'm not sure where Walter comes into this. <laughs> He comes into it everywhere. He is good. Put He's him down on the good. list. Don't put him down. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, on the list. Okay. I was going to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's where a con movie lives and dies for me, yeah. is that if you like... it to, to me, in this movie, I liked Will Smith and I liked Margot Robbie. And it was the question of, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Are they going to be good to each other or are they terrible and the, yeah, do they need yeah. to be kept apart? That was the thing of, uh, I was trying to, th- like, that's the thing I was on the lookout for when one of them got to double cross the other. Yeah. Like, I thought when Margot turned up at the doorstep, you know, kind of because uh, she'd been roughed up. I was almost expecting, yeah. like, it was going to open up to the hotel room and, and um, Genga, whatever his name is, <laughs> Gariga. Gariga um, Morvovi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was, would be there, like, you know, with a knuckle duster or something. Like, I thought that was a trap. I thought everything was going to be a trap, and then I'm like, oh, wait, no, that would be a real dick move because they do actually care about... Like, it was established they did care about each other. Yeah. So they didn't want to completely fuck each other over, but there were, there was an element of... Well, I think they might swindle each other. They're not going to get each other killed. <laughs> as well as she's kind of been jilted. Yeah. And when they reconnect later, there seems to be no malice, no ill will, which for me was like, danger, danger, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. You are walking right into it, buddy. But it's weird because at the end it's like, well, she just wanted the watch and was going to leave with Nikki, right? I believe so. And he... Just rejigged everything to include her to get away with her. Uh, like, yeah. essentially, that's all it was. Because that, that scene at the end where they're tied up and they're all, um, you know, then, then the gunshot happens. Basically, it must have been they just had to re-engineer the whole plan. I think that's what the re-engineering was, so that she ended up as part of it. So that they could do the getaway with her, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And what's sad to me is that Will Smith gets shot and then doesn't end up with any money. Yeah, they really... Uh, but I guess that was a thing of... Well, I think that was a really nice ending in a way because so many of these Hustler movies... Yeah. Not Hustler movies. <laughs> very different thing, I suspect. <laughs> I, I've heard from friends who... <laughs> Is that it's always, you know, yacht into the sunset, happily ever after with all our money. Whereas they were like, no, we're going to go straight. Yeah. So even though you might not like the Gerald character a bit, because you're like, hey, you need to give him what he deserves. At least, you know, cover the medical expenses, Gerald. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> At least, like, here's a thousand for your time. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but I guess they also set that up at the start, because it's like that one big thing, and then, you know, where you get to, you know, you, well, he says it, isn't it? Like, you get to make way on your yacht or whatever. And he says it's too risky. There's no such thing. It turns out there is for for Gerald Mc. <laughs> I Donald. Th- there is a character in this movie named is it McEwen? Who he Mc- is? He is the race. Uh, not the Gabriel. Yeah, McEwen, the Aussie guy. The Aussie guy, Robert Taylor. What? I, who is this, Robert Taylor? Yeah, I want to know because his voice is an actual Australian voice. It's incredible to me. Yeah, graduate. No, he's an actual Australian. I've never seen an American, well, not that I can remember, an American movie with an Australian accent that isn't like, like, I immediately go to Mission Impossible 2, mm. where John Paulson, who is an actual Australian, he has no excuse, yeah. comes on the screen and says, G'day, Ethan Hutt, Copper, how you doing, hey, Struth? <laughs> and it's like the worst... Like in, in it's kind of like a punchline in the in terms of the scene, right, right. But the second that happens on the screen, yeah, because like everyone's saying, oh, you got to go see Mission Impossible too, you know. And Sydney is up there on the screen; it's fantastic. Mm. And the second that happens, like you touch down in Sydney, hey, g'day, Ethan, you bloody corking scoundrel, <laughs> you. You're like this. There's going to be no joy from this movie. Whereas this is a uh, like. Uh, 
Oh, there's a big, there's a thing oh my happening god. on your face. Oh my god, I just realized, I just figured, well, I, IMDB just told me who this guy is. This is going to blow your mind. Oh, tell me. So he's really Australian. Yeah. Do you know what we all, what, oh my god, what we know him as? What? He's Agent Jones. Get out of yeah. here. Get me some money too. They got out. It doesn't matter. Oh my god! Well, now we know all three of the agents because there's the there's Hugo Weaving, who yeah. everyone knows, and the the other one is the one with the big metal plate over his face in the Farscape TV show. Ah, ah. holy shit! That's the trifecta. Oh we got god. them all. We found them. IMDb had them all along. <laughs> we could have just checked. Well, that just blew my little, tiny little mind. That's that's incredible. amazing. So that guy's Agent Jones. Oh, from the Matrix. Did I say? Did we say the Matrix? <laughs> I. It was within the space of like three minutes that number one, you had Agent Jones doing his beautiful, uh, like the accent happened, and it was like a breath of fresh air to me. I'm like, my god, that they've included actual Australian voice, and he was swearing a lot, but it's like, I'll forgive that. And because... how much do the Australian audience love the Australian joke? Well, that's exactly... Because <laughs> like we're in Australia. <laughs> three th- Within that three-minute period, Will yeah. Smith is going down and talking to Margot Robbie, who you actually forget, in the uh, this is me anyway, in the, in the context of the movie, she's talking American-like, and he's, he's bashing Australians to Margot Robbie. <laughs> And, like, it takes a mo. you laugh at the Australian joke, you're like, that's very funny, Will Smith, well done. And then a second later, you're like, hang on, Marco's Australian too! And it just, <laughs> it just made me so happy. That's and, funny. But is that Rat Pack? I feel like the pack in Rat Pack is James Packer, who is Australian. I see. That makes sense. And, do, you me, do you want me to look this up? So, what I thought uh, was... Intra- oh, so it was funny that obviously we were in a cinema full of Australians, and they yeah, they yeah. laughed that shit up. Now, something that went through my brains was: I, Are you familiar with? I think maybe Olympus Has Fallen or White House Down movies like that. There started to be a bit of a trend where there'll be like a news report about a big event happening. So the White House has been stormed. They cut to news footage, some news anchor presenting the news, and all of a sudden you're like, why the hell? Are they if they got a news report from Channel Ten in Australia, reporting on, and what they do is for the various markets they're sending the film out to, they get a local person to film, you know, a piece of legal, local, kind of like when when they had the day after tomorrow, they had all those posters of like Flinders yeah, Street Station yeah. from Melbourne, and I think the Sydney Opera House was actually in the film, but specific places uh, to market it. And I I believe there was a famous one in Skyfall where depending on there's I think Australia got Wolf Blitzer, which ah. is the American version, but depending on where you were in the world, you got a different. Oh, that's interesting. I saw Skyfall. I saw Skyfall. I was in Philadelphia, so I can't remember. Yeah. I pro. I guess I got Wolf Blitzer um, when I saw Skyfall. Uh, so yeah, and so <laughs> I actually went through in my brain. Did they film a different joke? <laughs> By Will Smith for every country, <laughs> but then I was like, no, 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 the actor's yeah. Australian. That's not. That's not what they did. Yeah. But I just thought that was a fun tangent that my brain went down to be almost to the point where like, oh, they 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 didn't do that for everyone to make a joke about Australia. That's specifically for us. Like I, I was almost like, who us? No. 
Yeah. Uh, but no, I guess the whole world is laughing in Australia. But I also, <laughs> but but then it made me think: Could you have written that joke about a lot of other countries, and then those local markets would they have appreciated that? So, like, how many other countries can you write a joke like that and have a cinema full of people actually laugh at the joke? I don't know the answer to that, mm. but I thought it was very. I was kind of proud of Australia in that moment where we had a, a cinema full of Australians that all went, yeah, that's a good joke. Yeah. yeah, we'll lap that shit up. Yeah. That was quite a nice moment. And it was kind of this, like, get it, because we're Australian. <laughs> Do you get it? It's Australian. It's talking about Australians. It's us. Yeah. It's exciting. I kind of want to, like, call up the filmmaker. Like, hey, we watched it. We got <laughs> your joke. We got it. In the same way that I feel like the Simpsons Australia episode. Yeah. Where yeah. just none of it makes any sense whatsoever, yeah. and yet we're so happy to just adopt that into, especially right now. I'd love to give our prime minister the boot up <laughs> up his backside. Oh, there's uh, plenty of people lining up to do that. <laughs> Don't worry about that. But uh, oh, can I mention um, the other thing? The only other thought I think I had uh, that I definitely want to mention with this movie was so the reveal about what Margot Robbie's true intentions were. Mm-hmm. The fact that she wasn't actually the long-term girlfriend, that all the things that we'd seen, she was all just trying to get the watch and rack up a bit of, you know, money at the, you know, with the credit card or whatever on the charges. Mm-hmm. What I thought was really interesting is that, um, and I've talked to people about this before, um, about what makes like a good mystery novel or a good mystery TV show, something like a Pyro or however you pronounce it, or, or Agatha Christie or whatever. I believe it's pronounced Poirot. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Or versus like a Sherlock, it's um, something that can make Sherlock a bit shit in some people's eyes. And I'll give a shout out to Martin Dunlop here, because he's kind of deconstructed this for me. Is that what can be really terrible about Sherlock, and why he doesn't like it, is that it doesn't give the viewers or the readers an opportunity to solve the mystery himself. Yes, knock, knock. Yes. Whereas something like, something well-written like a Poirot. 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 Uh, it's it's all kind of there. There's some yeah. clues and it's, so when he kind of walks around the room and says, you with the dagger or whatever, it's not a, how could have I have ever known that? So what I'm thinking is interesting with the focus of whether we could have figured that stuff out. We couldn't have figured it all out. But mm-hmm. I guess there were clues. But basically, it's interesting whereby usually it's a filmmaking device where you can just show various snatches of scenes to convey a storyline, which is what filmmaking is. Yeah. And what a B storyline is, in this case, Margot Robbie's life. That selective use of film is, in effect, the con that the movie had on us. And what I, what I really loved about that reveal is that it now changes the fact that Will Smith has spun this whole story. And we, the audience, know, like, well, well you know, you don't know 100%, but you know 98% that Will Smith has got the hots for Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and he's only trying to do the right thing. But you don't realise until he's finished talking and everyone starts laughing and the truth gets laid on Will Smith that everyone in the room knows that he's lying and there's information he doesn't know. Wait, wait, if, if which you follow point? me. Because he's talking about, oh, yeah, the girl was in on it, and oh, I right. was only using her. She didn't know, but I was only using her to get to your pin. Mm. And it's only once he's dropped that story 
that he gets told that Margot has had no interest whatsoever in spending the night with, um, what's his name? Diego Montoya. (laughs) (laughs) Rodrigo. Rodrigo Rodrigo Santoro. uh, He's a man... He's the head of the racing car place. Gariga. Gari- yeah, Gariga. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say to you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep up with me. <laughs> anyway. I just I just figured out the fact that that fell down because she had never been in the room. So his part of his story was that she'd been in the room. Yeah. And I just figured that out. Yeah. Well, right. that yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Is that he's telling this whole story. Everyone in the room knows that he's full of it, except for, well, he, he knows that he's full of it, but he doesn't realise that his story is yeah. falling on deaf ears. And that just clicked for me. I didn't actually figure that out in the cinema, and that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I enjoy that. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was a sad, yeah, like, yeah, you're a bit slow. No, 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 ne- never. I would never. Ugh. But what I what I love about that is it's a nice little twist. As number one in a Hollywood movie that a woman wouldn't automatically be sleeping with a hot millionaire. Yeah, I quite liked that aspect of it. Of like, no, she wasn't. She was withholding. Yeah, that she she was uh, complicated in the con person. You know, she steals and she does this and she does that. But also that there is something very upfront and honest about her in the sense of. I know she, by the time three years have gone past, she has charms that she can work on. Mm, Will Smith. That was a nice development. I quite liked yeah. how that, because it goes from the, I always, it's always funny in a, in a film where it's like incredibly attractive. Like Margot Robbie is just stunning, drop dead, mm. gorgeous. Um, and then a movie tries and sells us on, oh, they're just dorky. They don't really know how to use their sexuality, which may well be true. But it's always like when you see someone like Margot Robbie, you're like, they know what they're doing. Um, they know how to use their sexuality to their advantage, and obviously that is a path. But I always think it's funny when uh, it's like when we talk about Jupiter ascending with Myla Kunis cleaning a toilet. It just it doesn't it doesn't scan for me. I'm like yeah. eh, Myla Kunis does not clean toilets. Yeah. Uh, the same with someone like Margot Robbie being like, oh, how, how do I be sexy? And it's like it's just a little bit of a like part of you is like, oh, that's really dorky and that's really you know I, that's cute. The, the the one thing as well you have to understand when you look like Margot Robbie does, <laughs> it's hard to work against that. But as well, like that, there is a lot of effort. I, oh like, yeah, like put in. She, you know, works hard to look like a Margot. I I, I assume I don't actually know her, Paul. I don't know if you know that about me. <laughs> I I don't know what her day to day routine She's is. Glad you clarified that. But I will put this without. Linking the two things, I want to put these two things side by side. And this happened to me the other week. Um, one day, I'm, I'm reading this this incredible interview. Um, uh, if I can shout out to Dumbo Feather magazine, if you're not reading it, you've got to because it's an incredible magazine, and it will make you feel like you can fly <laughs> if you hold this Dumbo Feather in your hands. That's why it's called Dumbo Feather. It's conversations with... Is this with... a paid advert? <laughs> anyway. Are you taking cash for comment on this podcast? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> nothing like that. But anyway, I just really enjoy that magazine. <laughs> um, but th- this is a, an interview uh, that was incredible. It was uh, all about... Um, in- incidentally, they, they mentioned in this interview that when um, Hollywood people look the the way they do, a lot goes into maintaining that. Yeah. And um, they often do this trick 
where when they're being interviewed, th- this is like insider talk. Okay, right? okay. When they're being interviewed, someone will come in and say, how is everything? Do you need? And, and the, the actress will say, oh, could I get a bowl of fries? Thank you. Or like, can <laughs> I, 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 I'm really hungry. I haven't had anything all day. Can I get like a big juicy steak or, you know, something that's like, like a hamburger, a cheeseburger or a Mars bar, you know, something disgusting. Right. Something with calories. And then they, they bring that in and they take like one little bite of it, right, in front of the person who's interviewing them, yeah. and then uh, and then that's that's all they ever take. Oh. You know, what I mean? like the interviewer walks out and it's like throw the rest of the Mars bar oh, out. Kind of. Like not not to you know the, this is apparently a trick of the trade. Yeah, yeah. The very next day, I read an interview with Margot Robbie, <laughs> where the interviewer is talking about, and Margot Robbie orders a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. It was very, very entertaining. That's a little bit soul-crushing, well, but anyway. Uh, I, I, I also want to put out the disclaimer that those are two things that are separate, <laughs> side by side. I'm not linking them together. Absolutely, you know, I'm not suggesting just an innocent that, just, yeah. that Margot Robbie is playing mind games with us all. But understand that, you know, to look good in that bikini, I couldn't do that. <laughs> oh, go on. There's a, there's a lot of fitness... That's it. She probably yeah. even exercises oh, crazy. to look good in that bikini. Oh, absolutely. And, and God I, yeah, bless her. I, God bless her. That. That's the crazy thing. Well, that was the interesting thing is with with Hollywood people. Uh, they're so they're so fit, um, <laughs> and they know it. Like it's a lot. Yeah, like it's a lot of a lot of effort. But also, it comes back to that thing we're talking about of they can do it because they have the money. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like it's almost like it costs money to be that fit. When and that skinny all the time. Like you need a personal trainer, you need a dietitian, you need a nutritionist, you, and you need to have all the hours in the day available to you to do that much exercise. When they're at that football game, and and Will Smith is like betting, you know, this uh, inordinate amount of money against BD Wong, and BD Wong is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to, I was, didn't want to go through this podcast without mentioning BD Wong is so good at this. <laughs> he was fantastic. I, I, I was kind of disconnected for half a second. I, I just watched the money being splashed around and, you know, Margot Robbie saying to Will Smith, how'd you get tickets to this game, you know? And a second later, I don't even like football. I'm just so impressed that you got tickets, you know, the prestige. I'm thinking to myself, I, this is probably what it's like to be Brett Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably just his life. And he turns up to set and he's like, what are we doing today? And they're like, oh, we, he's going to take her to a football game, Brett. And he's like, well, n- not to these seats, he's not. Come on, i got a box over here. Come on, guys, follow <laughs> me. BD, you're coming too. <laughs> Is that? Come into my Brett Ratner box. I just feel like that's probably how he would live every day. And I don't know if I have the wrong idea of what it is to be Brett Ratner. But I I feel like he's a party animal that just eats life and money like it's going out of fashion. This is this is the picture I have in my head at least. That's fair. All right. I'll pay that. I'll pay that. I'll pay you two point four million dollars. How do you think we went? Were we focused? I think we we're pretty focused. We kept focus on. Well, on the there movie. was that the whole Howard Hasselman. <laughs> I feel like that was a small tension. I think we got away <laughs> with it. We mentioned one or two offshoots, but uh, 
I don't think the listener noticed, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, um... (laughs) Now, uh... I know that you think you're taking cash for comment for Dumbo Feather. What? No, no. But, uh, actually, uh, Howard Hesseman and I have been scamming you. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to take it all. Oh, no. He wasn't even in focus. He was in on it all along. (laughs) What a terrible twist. And now I have to shoot you. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's a teach you a lesson, Anthony. (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) Suicide Squad, I get really excited to see Margot Robbie as Harlequin. Yeah. Harley Quinn. It needs a pause in between the two, doesn't it? Harley. Harley Quinn. Because that's going to be the first live action. I I, I think there was a, uh, uh, what's her name? Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. Mm. Mia Sara. Mia Sara played Harleen Quinzel, Dr. Harleen Quinzel, Mm. in a TV show, I think. I'm not sure if she ever suited up for the full Quinn. She kind of she kind of Wade Wilsoned it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there was a bit of Ryan Ryan Reynolds as himself. A bit of pre Deadpool, pre Deadpool, mm. Deadpool. But you, this is possibly the first ever, which is incredible. Harley Quinn is an incredibly popular. Yeah, character from the DC universe from the from the Batman, the Batman. They they, <laughs> they made her, and they touched a nerve when they made her. Yeah. And it's a little bit like I remember they were talking about um, making. This comes back to Brett Ratner because they were talking about Superman, mm. and they were talking about filming it in Queensland. I think at one point, and McGee, McGee was in on it, and he said, "Screw all you guys! There's no way I'll ever make something as American as Superman anywhere mm. other than America, because um, Superman is a uniquely." American institution, mm. and he was so vigilant and and patriotic about it, and and you do kind of. I remember Nicole Kidman, who is also Australian, talking about landing the Batman gig, mm. where she was talking about this is such a huge American kind of institution. So for Margot to hit the the Harley Quinn, but you know, button to to land that fish. Of a of a role mm. is is, is going to be tremendous. It's going to be. She's writing herself into history, basically. No yeah. pressure, Margot. But <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I'm sure you'll pull it off with a bit of focus. <laughs> that's that's well done. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so you've been listening to our movie autopsy for Focus. I'm Paul Culliver. I'm Anthony McCormack. Remember, you can find us at Movie Autopsy on Twitter. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, podcast apps on your smartphone. Hey, if you like this show, go and tell people about it. Be like, hey, you, friend, listen to Movie Autopsy. If you do your own podcast and you you hear something, don't be afraid to say, hey, there's this podcast I listen to called Movie Autopsy, and I heard about this interview they were doing where a woman orders a a big bowl of chips. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Dumbo Feather. It's a great magazine. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough out of you. Enough out of you. See you next time. <laughs>